0: So I gotta get into Santa character here. So, <sighs> oh, 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 and welcome to the special Christmas edition of Sounds from the Seventies, boys and girls. And we have two very good boys here, Gary and Rob. Both of them will be getting special presents from me on Christmas. Not like producer Uptown Mike, who will be getting a lump of a hey, Santa. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we need to catch you up. You've had one too many eggnogs. But uh, we want to thank Santa Claus for coming by. Dropping by the studio, as we say. In the downtown Metropolis area, in the Winchester building, where Mr. Winchester has uh, not showed up for the special Christmas episode. (laughs) And, uh... He was supposed to bring the drinks. He was, but uh, I knew he wasn't going to come. He's one of those guys who says, I'm going to bring the drinks, and I'll be there at like five or whatever, and then he, he, he never shows up.
1: We should learn from
0: that. (laughs) Uh, It's Christmas time. Oh, you know, it's Christmas time. And And? it's got something to say to Santa. Santa, you're in the Winchester building. (laughs) I recommend that you go out the back way. And because if Mr. Winchester finds you, he'll probably lock you in the cage and charge kids $5 to see you. That's the (laughs) kind of person he is. He's like Scrooge, but worse. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't?
1: He? yeah a little bit he's uh, he's uh he's a bit of a tyrant there he's. <laughs> just a bit there's a bit of a, it's
0: our Christmas show
1: that's right we should be uh happy and festive and uh Woo-hoo! we should uh, yeah
0: cheer yeah, yeah. yeah we need some cheer Rob doesn't like christmas so this <clears> is uh this is a real dichotomy of a show because i like christmas i like christmas music Rob doesn't like Christmas. I
1: survived Christmas,
0: and he survives it. He 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 kind of barrels down in his house and pretends that life doesn't exist for a couple of weeks.
1: The whole rest of the year will be nice if I can just get through this next uh, week or
0: so. And since since it's our Christmas episode, there will be no swearing in this episode. Oh shoot! That's a special request from Jill. So bad talking. And as little negativity as possible, so we will not be getting into any topics that involve like the Grateful Dead or Phil Collins or the Grateful Dead, (laughs) which brings us... Leave them alone. (laughs) Those are for the new year. I got a whole bunch of Grateful Dead Phil Collins jokes for the new year. So, uh, we're going to review today, since it's Christmas time, the Carpenters. Can't say anything bad about the Carpenters. They're too, they're too uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Homegrown, grown, home. Wholesome. Wholesome. Thank they're you, Robert. That's wholesome. why you are the William B. William of the show. <laughs> We're going to be looking at their 1978. They remind album. me of the Osmond. Something. I was actually put that, But actually, <laughs> the Carpenter's 1978 album, Christmas Portrait. And yes, it is a Christmas album. Uh, we didn't want to spoil the surprise this early, but we felt the title of the album kind of gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> and we are expecting a special visit from our good friend and the best alcoholic comedian in the business foster brooks is dropping by oh, right on yeah i love him. i he's, love him i it's bet a... you he's gonna come and he's gonna pretend he's drunk <laughs> <laughs> he is Not a bit coming. of a lush <laughs> actually the funny thing is as we know because he's our good friend is that he actually doesn't drink he just plays a lush I should do that at work. Just pretend I'm drunk all the time. They wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to God, they wouldn't know. <laughs> they just say he's extra happy today or whatever. Don't talk to him. So, <laughs> still don't talk to him, Same thing with all social groups. So, Robert, what do you have planned for Christmas this year?
1: Oh, planned? Uh, that's the one time a year I don't think about the future. I just think uh, something bad is coming. I
0: said no negativity on this show, (laughs) didn't I? There is no negativity on this one show of the year. And then you asked me what I got planned for Christmas. You set me up. I did. Because I want you you to lie and say something nice.
1: I think I'm going to get together with uh, family and uh, loved ones. uh, (laughs) We're going to feel warm feelings. (laughs) uh, Is
0: there going to be a family hug involved?
1: I think there'll be a lot of smiling. You like smiling, don't you? I'm going to exercise my smile
0: muscles. Oh, the sarcasm is kind of getting to me. Uh, Let's just say, Rob, when he goes to his family's Christmas, he grins and bears it and asks when he can leave. (laughs) But we're not not going into that area today. Myself, I plan, Rob, to get drunk as usual. Drunk as a skunk. And look at those pictures on the internet of all those women dressed as Santa's helpers. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and, they, you know, they're you know, always bending over to put packages oh, into sacks. Oh no, what popped out? And you know, they <laughs> you know they're helping Santa stay less lonely when Mrs. Claus is away. You know, at the beauty parlor and all that stuff. And, uh, and then of course it's always a, a a big marathon of Columbo episodes. Oh yeah. Nothing says Christmas like Columbo.
1: I'm hoping to get that going, but. Uh... Uh, technologically inept.
0: Speaking of which, <laughs> as we were talking before the show, nice segue. We we received just a, oh, I didn't even run the timer. I don't even know what timer it is. We, Rob's got it. Rob's got it. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry. We're, uh, sorry to interrupt. What six.
1: I'm... We're six minutes. We're good. Okay.
0: That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm halfway through the script.
1: <laughs> uh, you better think of something
0: fast. As <laughs> I come back. Um, or I'll do it for you. Do you want an interview, Santa? <laughs> so, speaking of which, uh, we received a little bit of flack about last week's episode in which we crit- criticized our friend John, or as we call him, John.
1: Uh, we vilified uh, him.
0: For sending us faulty copies of Columbo, which we had been waiting. Well, we did, weren't waiting a long time. It was actually <laughs> the waiting to get the copies from Rob's mom. Yeah, he was actually pretty good about getting us to them. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Rob's mom that was the stingy one about actually dropping it off the Winchester building. So uh John and I had some heated words <laughs> on the old uh Facebook as I as I showed Rob before the show. And uh I promised him that if the shows were faulty, because we couldn't play them mm-hmm. last week, we we would crit if they were still faulty, we would criticize him over and over again on the show. But if the shows (laughs) were not faulty, and I I repeat, if the shows were not faulty, and Rob just didn't know how to play them on his computer... No, I was going to
1: write him a letter that was going to start, Dear Sir, I am very dissatisfied with this service that I'm not paying for. But I didn't do that.
0: So if they didn't play on Rob's computer, (laughs) then we would apologize to him on the air. uh, And of course, well... Us being in the spirit of the season, because it's Christmas time. Oh, what the hell, it's Christmas. And because their episodes do play (laughs) on my computer. (laughs) The
1: player I have hasn't been updated in uh, a decade or so. Rob kind of screwed up.
0: I apologize. We both apologize to you, John, over there in faraway Thailand. I was going to say something, but I had to censor myself. It's the Christmas show; I can't say it. <laughs> I was going to give him a shot, and then I realized it's all positive today. I should have trusted my—that's <laughs> terrible. I should have trusted my own instincts and played the episodes myself, you did? instead of relying yeah. on idiot Rob's incompetence. What were you skills. thinking? I, uh, I guess I wasn't. I guess it's funny because I thought. Well Rob knows what he's doing and that's like like Rob never knows what he's no. doing unless it's moving and packing a vehicle. Because when you gotta oh, pack yeah. a vehicle, and this is true, if you gotta I'm pack a vehicle, he can pack like a whole house into the <laughs> in like the back seat of a car.
1: And I can do it fast because I used to play a whole lot of Tetris.
0: He's no, there is nobody better. <laughs> right? There's nobody I Not can't that think I've of seen. anybody better at packing. Like a small, like even the back of a truck, you could fit I, like a whole floor. I there.
1: try packing vehicles with other people and uh, them directing, and I just get depressed and go and sit down. <laughs>
0: okay, so <laughs> so uh, Merry Christmas, John, and may all your illegal taping never be caught. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Oh, and the uh, the Archer episodes, too, he says work. So
1: Yeah, they worked already. They're of a good format, an old format. It's
0: oh, cool. do they work already? Yeah. No. Oh. I was going to apologize for that, but now I won't. However, I'm missing season eight. <laughs> you know what? You know what our friend John, who does not illegal taping under uh, Thailand law, is uh, he likes to send uh, episodes and then kind of like, oh, you know what? Let's forget season six. So, <laughs> or, or, you know, what here's the whole thing except season six.
1: I think uh, he asked me about it, and I just gave him the wrong number.
0: Okay, we're we're <laughs> we're zinging through this thing a little bit too fast, but uh, but maybe it should be a fast show. People are doing things at Christmas; they don't want to listen to no, no stinking podcast. No, they want podcast. to be hammered down.
1: Let's get the heck out of here in 30 minutes. Yeah,
0: we we got a, we got a Christmas party to go to actually. Yeah. So okay, it's gonna um, be a gooder. Our special mm-hmm. segment for today and today only.
1: <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard. I, was
0: I know. Before. I looked at Rob like, like he only. should say should, something. Should I have be been listening? And <laughs> <laughs> it scared him. <laughs> uh, it's Gary and Rob's special Christmas list. Now, that is a list of who we would want in our band if we could choose anybody in the world, dead or alive. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is this is so we are talking about bass. We are talking about guitar. If you want, you can also have a lead guitarist, and of course drums. Idiots. There are so many to choose from. Okay, so I'll go first since Rob isn't prepared and he has to think. Okay, because I did not tell Rob about. Oh, I don't tell Rob about anything because he never comes to rehearsal, So what am I supposed to do? It's it's wasted. You've got, you you got your lackey there. and He doesn't tell you shit. I'm, so <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. I swore. No, and I said sake. we would not swear. You know what, Santa? I apologize.
1: Yeah, you're going to get a lump of something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's covering up for me, Ralph. Thanks. Uh, so my choice, and I thought about this, of course, since uh, I had to. I'm gonna tell you have to tell why. You have to tell why you picked this person. You just can't say, hey man, this is who's playing drums. You have to say why. So you can't pick you can't pick like Herbert Deindorf and then say next and then say and then just <laughs> leave it at that. First mm-hmm. of all, I wanna know who Herbert Deindorf is. And he secondly, why you
1: picked it. Was uh, Dick Fosbury's cousin.
0: So I picked on bass guitar. Somebody who isn't all over... like uh, Somebody would uh, assume that everybody wants like a fast player like a John Antwistle yeah. or Chris Squire. No, I've had that bass kind of bass player for like 35 years. Some yeah, guy lots you of notes. Pickouts, no, 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 what's no, no, being played. No, no, sounds no. Sounds like a blurry Too busy, mess. too many notes. Rob's a yeah. bass player. If there's too many notes. I've told him that. Too ever many. since we were teenagers. I had a nickel for every time I heard that. My favorite bass player to hear and I think fits in a band perfectly, is Paul McCartney. What the hell? Okay. And sorry, Barry I did Malachi it, I did it.
1: Sorry, Santa, I did it.
0: Almost, almost comes react, up. Me. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> almost comes up with a, a a song within a song when he plays bass. Because he almost and just listen just listen to if you can zero in on every bass part that he plays on in the Beatles yep. or solo, he comes up. With his own part, which he doesn't have to do. Like it's, a lot of bass players, just his will, will,
1: choice will. of notes.
0: Yes. Yeah, a lot of
1: bass players just kind of mimic what the uh, rhythm guitar. Is yes, doing
0: or... and I would too if I was a bass player because <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't take it seriously. But he—that's when he can just. Stand he never thinks like that. He always thinks melodic, and ooh. I love that because it's just like ooh. it's kind of like having like a fast bass player like you yourself, but kind of slow down to to playing a rhythm, like not playing rhythm, but to playing. Um, melodic and and you know what I mean yeah that thing yeah like John Entwistle would play maybe a really cool lick but then he he'd move on right yeah. well, well Paul would play a lick and he'd keep it for the whole song keep as
1: a, yeah, that yeah. cool lick
0: for my drums this is not this is not a big revelation well actually it was because uh well the answer not but I, I actually first of all my my first inclination was Bill Bruford because he is amazing and he's also not Crazy all over the place that he takes away from the song, like a John Bonham or Keith Moon would. Uh, but I actually went for the person I always pick as my, the one I would always want to have in my band, which is Stuart Copeland, because I just, I just every time I hear his drums, it's exactly the thing I want for my songs when I write them. It's like, oh man, if I had that drum, I always say that every time. Oh man, that's the drummer I want in my, and for this song and for this song and. He just, uh, Rob knows that drums are my thing, center of the band. Oh, yeah. Everything to me as far as writing songs and and, and, getting, and projecting them. And uh, if you got a bad drummer or you got a drummer that's too busy, like Keith Moon, greatest yeah, drummer ever, yeah, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Won't like it. I, I don't think I'd get along with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's crazy. I wouldn't get along with him. <laughs> He'd be wrecking
1: hotel rooms.
0: And wrecking hotel rooms. I uh, was doing and more hotel room putting wrecking. Cream pies in my face and down my pants <laughs> and stuff. <finally>. So <laughs> then I got the guitar. And this was a difficult one because I'm playing rhythm guitar, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in the band mm-hmm. and I'm playing kind of like guitar, but I love playing rhythm. So I'm playing rhythm guitar. So now I need a guy who plays the lead, but can also help me. So I, you know, I don't want like, uh, I don't want my favorite guitar players. like like Jeff Beck or Jimmy Page or like that, because they're really one-man guitar players. Like, they're alone Oh, all yeah, time. yeah. They're they, taking they, up, they're doing everything.
1: And, they got to fill all that sound. So they have an actual different style of playing than someone who's in a band with uh, one or two other guitarists.
0: Exactly. And he mm-hmm. had, exactly. These are guys that play by, yeah, they're the one guitar player in the band. Uh, so I picked, I actually had three, and I have to pick now which one. Uh, I had Mick Ronson, of course, from oh. David Bowie, who I just, he's, he's an amazing, both amazing lead guitar player and rhythm player, which is what I'm looking for. Mick Taylor, another Mick from the Rolling Stones, who is just, oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the Stones with, uh, I mean, that was the best Stones lineup with Mick Taylor, no doubt about it. And he plays he plays like it's effortless. And then the most tasteful guitarist, plus he doesn't play too much rhythm is david gilmour oh yeah I like his um uh, his solos stick in my brain yeah yeah like his he all, he's like the paul mccartney like when when paul mccartney plays bass if he can, has that he every every guitar lick is yeah, is I, melodic if you, you can know?
1: whistle the solo afterwards yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know what if you're
0: doing a a a pink floyd song or a david gilmour solo song you like have to do his solo note by note almost because it is that melodic and it is that in your head. Like, cause you got people going, Oh man, why did he deviate with that one? Yeah. note Cause it's so perfect. He has perfect solos like note. perfect Yeah. So that's tough. I really don't know. You know, I was going to pick God, I was going to pick Mick Taylor like a couple days ago when I was thinking of it. Now I'm thinking more of David Gilmore. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mick Taylor because uh, just 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 because he's a little bit more of a rhythm player too, and uh, he gets a nice guitar sound. But that's a tough one, so I'm picking Mick Taylor on guitar, and not too much thinking on the keyboards part. It was either Nicky Hopkins, who we've of course showcased on the on our show, who is probably I think the greatest keyboardist ever in rock and roll, and and Choosing between him and Rick Wright, who I think is the most tasteful uh, Pink Floyd, of course, if you don't know, uh, keyboard player I've ever heard is always filling up space with the perfect, perfect the atmosphere. Um, this is a tough one, because I love <laughs> both these keyboard players for vastly different reasons. Like, Nicky Hopkins can, can think of something, you know, like I would say something... Like, uh, I'm gonna go with Rick Wright <laughs> just because uh very tasteful and I look more for ambience than I do for real good piano playing. I'm uh, not that Rick Wright Rick Wright is one of the best keyboard players, but he's he adapts more to songs. I don't know. I'm not saying it marks. right, because then I'm, I'm slighting Nikki Hopkins. How can you slight Nicky Hopkins? Let's just say I prefer Rick Wright, okay, in my band.
1: You would create a teleporter, and there would be an accident <laughs> in which both these men were fused into water.
0: <laughs> so that Rick Hopkins leaves Rob's <laughs> choice. This is my band, I, I, mm-hmm. and we're going on the road, and we're going to kick your ass unless you've got some good choices. Oh, this is easy. Uh, drums. Keith Moon,
1: for the exact reason that you didn't want
0: him. Oh, I, knew, I knew he was going to do this. I knew it, but go on, Rob. Bass, me. I you believe I'm pick, allowed to pick you myself. You would pick you on bass over, like, John Entwistle or Chris Squire? Yes. Oh, what an ego. <laughs> what a tremendous, unbelievable ego you have. But go on. Guitar,
1: Robert Fripp, King Crimson.
0: Oh, that's a good choice. He... Approaches oh, the guitar choice.
1: like no one else. And the only other guy, actually, that uh, is a weird consideration is um, uh, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Yes, <clears throat> he's a good choice. really, really weird. And no, you want really you weird want, tasteful things
0: since you're in the band. Egotistically, you. <laughs>
1: I am the band. Sorry. I am the sun, and all others are satellites revolving Um, about me. Please continue.
0: You just have the one guitar player. So you need somebody to do all of it. Like you need a really accomplished uh, rhythm player, accomplished lead guitar. You're looking for what I'm not looking for, in other words, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, keys is a tough one. Keys, play them on my knees. By golly. You know, when you mentioned the first one who came to my mind, if I was picking one, uh, Roy Batan. Uh, I can't, don't know how I pronounce his last name correctly. East Street Band. Oh,
0: East Street Band. That's a good... I never yes. thought of that. I never thought I of that. I would
1: keep hearing songs like by Stevie Nicks or by Dire Straits and saying, who's playing keys there? Man, that's a and good And then i uh, the uh, look at the album cover and uh, uh, Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell.
0: <laughs> like, and he plays good in a band. Like He can also yeah. lay back... <laughs> Which yep. is also vital. I mean, you don't want. That's why I, you know, I couldn't pick somebody like Rick Wakeman or Keith Emerson because it's like, give me some space, man. <laughs> you know? And yet Roy Bittan does that. Like he plays like incredible yeah. when you need him to play, and yet when you need him to go back, he goes okay.
1: He's he's a guy who compares to Nicky Hopkins and yes, very the much perfect so. thing.
0: And I think that's why Rick Wright for me just beat out Nikki Hopkins, because I find Roy Bitten and Nicky Hopkins very identical in their piano playing yeah. and keyboard playing, and I think because you're looking for more of a, a virtuoso-type players
1: yeah. in your yeah. band,
0: yeah. That, that's why I kind of picked the Rick Wright, because yeah. I wanted... More blending in with the song players. Yeah. If, as far as
1: I'm concerned, if you got spaces in a song, fill them up. That's what fills are for. Yeah, I fill knew you were spaces. going to pick
0: virtual. I did. I knew you were going to pick virtual. So
1: Get me so. busy, you sons of bitches. But let me
0: ask you this. More okay. is more. Less is let's less. Let's just say you broke your hand. And for, ah. for let's say, two months, you can't play bass. Who's going to be your bass Who would you pick to fill in for you for those two months? Mm,
1: tour cancelled. But uh, let's say someone's got a gun to my head.
0: Not tourist castle. You can you can sing songs and stuff. Except you can't play this. Uh, I trust it's going to be somebody who plays a lot of notes.
1: You I, I got my three favorites.
0: Tony Levin on sticks. No, I was. Uh... <laughs> That's good. I'd be a good announcer. Of the guys and who don't stick. normally get mentioned. Uh... Tony Levin. 2011 is a good choice, actually. Jack Bruce. Oh man, that's a good choice. Or, uh,
1: the name's coming to me. Um, uh, the King Crimson Asia John Wetton. John, oh man, you got a good choice His a uh, bass playing uh, in uh, the King Crimson just completely, wow. How does he not get mentioned more? We can't. Uh, <laughs>
0: we can't really have a discussion about King Crimson. Nope. Because when we and Rob talked about King Crimson, they're like they're like on the mountain, of progressive rock, and everything else doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I'm wondering. There's some bands
1: I don't want to actually do an album of uh, review because uh, I'm too familiar. I they they're my favorites. I already have opinions formed on them, and I got no review to offer.
0: I know. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I think, that's I think to be honest, my band kills your band. Oh, wait because, a second. Wait a second.
1: You ain't got no singer. Oh, yeah. We can talk
0: about that in a second. I, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't really. Yeah, that's actually good. That's actually that's actually a good point. That's, I, I didn't never, for some reason, never thought of that. But let me just say, musically speaking, my band cuts yours in half because my band is a band. They play as a band. Your band is all Virtuosos? No, my band is, is a collection egotism. of individuals playing no, no, together. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do you think Robert Fripp is going to is gonna get along with Keith Moon?
1: No, I don't think Keith Moon is going to get along with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jack Bruce.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> if Jack Bruce can even be in a band with Ginger Baker, then he can get along with anybody. Yeah. yeah. They might be able to... <laughs> Um. Oh man, that's funny. That's funny how I knew, and I bet you knew too that I would pick like band guys. And uh, and I was going to pick, pick also. The <laughs> <laughs> Very much our uh, type of the way we think. Uh, vocalist. That's a good one. You go first on this one. I'll go last. Mm. This is tough. <laughs> this is the toughest of the top.
1: You know, if it's a chick singer, I'd be getting Carly Simon.
0: First of all, when we say chick singer, we mean a uh, a singer of the female persuasion. Uh, We're trying not to be too negative on our Christmas Unless you're
1: in the biz, in which case, she's a chick singer. (laughs) Yeah, actually, they don't mind being called chick singers in in the biz. Um, Did you say Carly Simon? I did. I know. Weird collection. Weird mix. It is hey, uh, a weird
0: mix. Uh, Lover voice. Good front woman though, if you know
1: what I mean. I know with the with the
0: Keith Moon there. How would this work? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Okay. Now let's let's expand this a little bit, Rob. You got your 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 woman singer. Pick a man singer. If if, if all of a sudden they say okay. no no it ain't working, you need guys to need a man and singer. And then for the guy singer. <clears throat>
1: Miles Goodwin of April One.
0: Wow, that's a strange choice. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of people don't even know who Miles Goodwin <laughs> is out there. I bet you about fifty percent of our audience doesn't even know Miles Goodwin of April wine. Yep. But it is actually a pretty cool choice. I have to admit, a really cool choice. His voice is just it is perfect, it's smooth, it's uh it appeals to me. Okay, that's an interesting. You kind of blew me away with that. You when
1: weren't expecting that one, were you? I was not. That was a kick in the shins. Anyways. Maybe lower.
0: You know what, who I'm going to pick? And this is weird because one of my. If I had to pick a, a, vocalist, a male vocalist, because the female for me is easy. If you can guess what female vocalist I would pick, I'm going to give you a chance to think about what female vocalist I would pick. Um, If you've listened to the show, maybe you could get a hint of what female vocalist. But the male vocalist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Male vocalist. <laughs> I'm gonna pick um, John Wetton. That uh,
1: I that think that he's moaning, a... uh, not moaning, but uh, slightly higher than moaning.
0: Uh, No, I did. I... I just like. I just he has that Greg Lake voice, but it's a little bit more. Yes. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. Yeah, a little bit more um, emotion. I'm not saying Greg Lake didn't sing with emotion, but that pitch perfect. Yet uh, I don't know. There's something about John win's voice. him and Greg Lake, are very similar. And those type of that type of voice, when I hear it, always yeah, gets yeah. me. Always gets me for I, some reason.
1: And Jack Bruce is a guy I put in that category for that particular yeah. type of voice.
0: And that, that would be very close. It's funny because uh, they're all <laughs> bass players. <laughs> that's funny Weird. that they're all bass <laughs> players and they're such good singers. Usually bass <laughs> players don't do diddly squat. Uh anyway. Strange. But yeah, John Wetton. Actually, you know what? That's we made two very. I I wouldn't say off the wall, but I think unexpected choices.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Those are the two and uh, I can already name the. Um, uh, Can
0: you name your female singer? singer?
1: Because uh, during the 70s, uh, she sang with everybody on everything and never even uh, slept. Linda Ronstadt.
0: Oh, you know me so well. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, that's good, Rob. That's good. The most beautiful singer. Could sing arias. I love her. I just think she's the most amazing singer put on this planet.
1: In all the um, uh, albums we've done, you know, I'd keep looking at the credits, and
0: uh, she kept showing up. She's been on 90% of the albums we've reviewed. Yeah, <laughs> um, like uh, she's done a bit. Hey, if you want somebody to sing on your record, even if it's background, I I think you'd kind of call Linda Ronstadt. But um, I like your I like your choices. They're weird. Like I like I like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I like yeah, to see your band there. in rehearsal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they will either disintegrate on the first day or come up with something brilliant. But there'd be no middle ground.
0: last <laughs> like an hour, or they're going to last uh, twenty years. <laughs> um. So we're going to send that into Santa. Uh, it could be a hard list because one or two people are dead, but uh, we'll see. You know, we'll, see. we'll just have to
1: wait till we're all dead, and we'll put these bands together in heaven.
0: Uh, if I asked you Rob because I forgot to put the timer on and Uptown Mike does his job not so good I was going to say another word he does his job not so good What? How, how would you perceive we're doing with the show pretty would,
1: good I'd, say the, I'd, I'd guess uh, since we started the show maybe uh, a half an hour has
0: passed no. Oh, so it's maybe, moving along quite nicely is maybe, what you maybe exactly <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, we're gonna look at this week for our album review since it's our Christmas show and we're we're little, we're getting a little bit tipsy. We're gonna have to kind of cut this we're you know, we're not gonna last too much longer here. We're, Rob's Rob's already starting to hump his own leg. We're drinking eggnog
1: <laughs> We're drinking eggnog without the nog. <laughs> eggs.
0: Um, So the Carpenters 1978 uh, album, Christmas Portrait, is what we're looking at today. Now, we're not going to concentrate. In fact, I'm going to get something else on here uh, for a second, because we're not concentrating on the Carpenters really this week. We're going to be doing a Carpenters record in the new year. What we're concentrating on is Christmas records. This is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, But if anybody doesn't know, and you should know, the carpenters are of course richard and karen carpenter richard uh piano and arranger and yeah. all that and karen of course uh second greatest singer of all time wi- a woman singer of all time after linda ronstadt and drummer and yeah. a very good drummer um and very you know wholesome and that but we're not going to get into that too much what we're going to get into is christmas records in the 70s uh was pretty bare (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: how many could we think of uh,
0: christmas records uh and it's hard to believe when you think nowadays but christmas records from from the late 60s i don't know from 66 until you know for almost 20 years and i'm not saying any christmas records were released there was quite a few christmas records were released in 20 years but they were few and far between, and it wasn't hip because of all the changes in the world, the counterculture and, and how rock music had taken over the airwaves. People had
1: other things on their mind.
0: People had other things on their mind. There was the war. It's not a real good t- You weren't real hip. During the war, if at Christmas time, you had a Christmas album singing about, you know, the joys of life <laughs> when all when all this turmoil is going on. And I, that's my reasoning about why there wasn't a lot of Christmas albums. Now, that all turned around by one album. <laughs> and for one album for the last. This one album caused this a plethora of releases for the last 32 years. Was a very special Christmas came out in 1987 and just changed everything. All of a sudden, not only were people making Christmas albums, but it was cool to make Christmas albums after a very special Christmas. Of course, a very special Christmas with, uh, had the U2 and Bruce Springsteen and Annie Lennox and, uh, Chrissy Hine, the Pretenders, and, and they all, they all, uh, came together, uh, for, a uh, aids to make a very special christmas which is i think the most popular christmas album of all time i'm not sure but i know it sold a gazillion copies at the time and it got played
1: a gazillion time. a gazillion <laughs>
0: times and still gets played a lot. and it was called the definitive christmas album and uh it really changed everything and then they by the 90s by the early 90s christmas albums by country artists by rock artists Rock artists from Leonard Skinnerd to Jethro Tull to Bob Dylan, who has a great Christmas record, by the way. Uh, People
1: started telling them uh, the record company. People started telling the artists, uh, "Listen, uh, this is a thing. People are buying this. Do it."
0: I think I actually think they wanted to do it. I don't think anybody tells uh, Leonard Skinnerd what to do (laughs) or Bob Dylan. I actually think that. it's kind of it's kind of become almost cool, and it used to be so uncool in the album rock era, where it was like, uh, you know, what's
1: happened with all these artists? They've grown up. They're not just parents; they're grandparents. That's a
0: good point, Rob. <laughs> that is a point that I never even thought of. They you couldn't know, do the it back when they and were hippie kids. Like like Leonard Skinner mm-hmm. are now. Um, how did that get? Are now? Sorry, go to my computer. Are now fathers and some of them grandfathers yeah. and and there's a, a more reliable that's a very good point rob on 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 family and making albums for your kids to listen to and your grandkids usually a lot of a lot of artists will make albums for their grandkids they won't for their kids you know, <laughs> but you get really soft when your grandkids come along and uh that's a really good point and it's amazing the amount of albums alone by rock and roll artists in the last 20 years you know it's just like bands you would never think do it and the thing that happened in the 70s was the the one song you couldn't do an album because that was uncool and maybe... No, and it,
1: yeah, you could have a, a Christmas song.
0: But a Christmas song. And we'll, let's well, name a few. There's Elton John, Step Into Christmas. Uh, there's the Jethro Tull song, which I can't remember what the title is. <laughs> Craig Lake and Emerson like, and Craig Palmer, Lake, with Craig Lake, the,
1: uh, the, the Kinks.
0: The Kinks with Father Christmas. Uh, there's so many. The Eagles had P- Baby, Please Come Home for Christmas with the flip of Funky New Year. Uh, the Band. Had Christmas now. It's interesting because the band had uh, Christmas must be tonight on their last album, and it was such a beautiful song, a great song, and it kind of got ignored because Christmas music wasn't rock. Christmas music wasn't a big thing. They weren't gonna remember
1: it by Christmas time.
0: Kind of was forgotten <laughs> for about ten years, and then Robbie Robertson redid the song for the Scrooge soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah, with uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray and now that song is played in both versions the robert robertson version and the i've heard that the band version also i've heard that alone this season about three or four times that song and yet i hadn't even heard that song until the 80s like because it was not it was not played on the radio
1: no and it was buried on a record
0: and it was buried on a record and it was a record that was released actually in like april of 77 the band's last record um so it really was was not meant to be like to capitalize on Christmas. It was just part of the record. And there's ah oh, there's got there's more songs than that, but that but it was all songs. It was uh, that was the big thing. Like uh, if you were going to release uh, something Christmassy, it was usually not going to be an album. It was going to be and and they're re- actually they're all really pretty good. Like the Christmas songs. Yeah, they kind by of. Rock uh...
1: They didn't. Uh, you, they didn't have to fill up a whole album with Christmas music. Uh, if you got an idea for a Christmas song, uh, you could just concentrate on that and make it a good song. Or...
0: Uh, yeah, that's my point. Is yeah, you didn't have to. Uh... You got an album. It you wasn't got eight, really... ten
1: songs to do, and uh, you, you got a few uh, good ones, and then you got to find some stuff to fill the space with.
0: There were. Uh, I'm gonna name uh, a few albums, Christmas albums that were released in the '70s. Uh... Some good ones. One of them was a Motown Christmas, which was an excellent album. As you can imagine, all the Motown stars getting together and making an album probably isn't going to be too bad. The Jackson Five Christmas album got very good reviews. I I haven't heard that one. Uh, you had a lot of Christmas albums. It's funny you had a lot of Christmas albums, like as usual, like the Osmond Christmas album yeah, probably yeah. every year, or the Partridge Family Christmas album. The M.O.R. guys have to do it. Yeah, yeah. The MOR guys have to do it. That's a very good. It's part. part of their contract. It's almost, it's almost like, hey, uh, you signed that contract. Yeah. Listen, and, uh, it says a Christmas <laughs> album is not cool. <laughs> You're
1: an MOR artist. That's not cool. <laughs> These two things go together.
0: That's actually very true. you Had John Denver do a couple of Christmas albums. These are the types of people that were making.
1: The Christmas albums, Christmas the 70s. albums on a
0: regular basis—not every year, but you know, every three years—they yeah. they would have Christmas albums in the 70s. There, it's really, it's really pretty sparse. Uh, I know, right at the end of the 70s, there was two very good Christmas albums, which was Willie Nelson's uh, "Pretty Paper" album. "Pretty Paper," by the way, is my mom's favorite Christmas song. <laughs> I had to put that in. That's my mom's favorite Christmas song of all time. Is "Pretty Paper" and "Blue Christmas." And, uh, and also, Emmylou Harris released Light of the Stable, which is also a very good Christmas album. I've, I've heard that one. I really like it a lot. Um, yeah, you know, you can't really talk too much about Christmas albums in the '70s, because unless w- unless this is an M.O.R. show, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, have not, plenty. then it would be <laughs> overflowing with talk of Christmas albums. But uh, even in the pop world, even in the country world, it it wasn't, it just, it just wasn't, uh, can I say it wasn't cool, man? I think you can, and I think people would understand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It kind of bugs me that I can't think of, I think there's more songs about Christmas, but I can't really think of them right now from the 70s, but it's uh oh Jim neighbor's Christmas. Christmas at Jim neighbor's house. Okay, I can see that. Okay, I got to do this joke. I know it's Christmas, <laughs> but if you're if you're if you're going to go to Jim neighbor's house at Christmas, keep your door locked at night. Okay, so
1: <laughs> Sorry. Okay.
0: I couldn't help myself. I couldn't go home from the Winchester building tonight. If I didn't say that joke.
1: <laughs> Santa knows all. <laughs> Santa sees all. Santa sees you, Jim. Don't do that. So
0: um, <laughs> now we're going to talk about uh, the Carpenters' uh, a Christmas portrait, which was released in 1978. Uh, Carpenters had like a Christmas special in 76, 77, 78. I heard about that. There was some controversy. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, could you, could you, without with having facts on your hand and not rumor, can you tell no. me what the controversy? I only is? have rumor on my Okay, well then we're going to. I heard it. there was usually uh, everything a little more is musical
1: content and uh, not as much talking content as the networks are used to when it came to surprise oh, that's, to them. That's...
0: That's a huge controversy. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad the Carpenters (laughs) survived that
1: one. Jeez.
0: Oh, the other one that was really good was uh, Bing Crosby and uh, David Boyd. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just heard that driving over the Winchester building today. And uh, that's another story altogether. You know, that's what I certainly
1: did not hear at the time of its release. No, you
0: know what? Everybody thought, and including me. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. because <laughs> t- uh, Richard. We doing sorry, the, Karen. How are we doing in the show, Rob? Doing pretty good? I would say uh, about 41 and a half. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll do this, say this real quick. David Bowie had this reputation back then for being really weird.
1: Yeah, because uh, every tour he was like a different
0: weird He was guy. like a different person. And then when you heard that David Bowie... Uh, was going to be on Bing Crosby, and it's his last Christmas special. By the time the Christmas special was actually aired, Bing Crosby had died in September or early October, I can't remember, of that year. So um, David Boy was going through his his German uh, period where he released three brilliant albums, Low and Heroes and Lodger, and he was going through this really weird... Everybody thought that he was from another planet, is basically what I was... Like, the mainstream people thought he was from another planet. The rock people knew what was going on. But I remember as a kid, a very young kid, thinking, David Boy's is really a weird man. Like, he is from another planet. And then he was on his, the Christmas special with Bing Crosby. <laughs> and what's he going to do? Like, is he going to beat Bing up? <laughs> is he going to transport Will there be lasers? Him?
1: Will there be smoke? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Will he get, get Bing to wear makeup? So they got together, and Bing was very impressed with David because David had a son. And everything, and and he was very straight laced. He, of course, there's that image of the rock musician as on stage, but then there's the real person, right? And David Boy was a really nice guy. <laughs> and then, but David, they wanted to do a, a a duet of Little Drummer Boy, and David said, No, I don't want to sing Little Drummer Boy. It's not not really one of my favorite songs at all, let alone a Christmas, favorite Christmas song. So they came up with this uh, Peace on Earth part. At the last minute, literally at the last minute, uh, people loved it on the show. But as per seventies, it kind of got forgotten. You know, people would phone yeah. in the next day and they would say, "Oh, how do we get that?" They say, "Well, you can't get it because it's just on the uh, show. It's not." It's a, not record. a record. Well, years went by, and all of a sudden, this they would when MTV came around, they would start yeah. showing clips of that.
1: That's where I think I first saw yeah, it. Yeah,
0: so did I, and. Then people started saying, we really want this. This is a good rendition of this melding of Little Drummer Boy and Peace on Earth. And this is really good. And it is really good. And so they finally released it. And it has become now a standard. And it's it's just, it's just actually a pretty amazing story when you think about how, how this little thing that came together really quickly and then kind of vanished. And then because of the video era, came back and is now... Everybody knows it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> everybody knows it. I just heard it as I said coming over. Anyways, we're running out of time. Real sorry about that. But we got to talk about The Carpenters Christmas album. What I was going to say, they had a they had a, a, a show thing. every year. 76, 77 and 78 was their last Christmas special. And if you want to see it, it's on I checked and it's on like YouTube like I don't know 1600 times. Like there's so many versions. I mean, they're the same version, but so many people have it up. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like how many how many times it's been put up. So if you want to watch it this Christmas, feel free. Um I have a hard time criticizing the Carpenters, unfortunately. Um But this is a perfect Christmas album. Yeah. This this if you wanted to make a Christmas album and I'm going to get into this a little bit more. I'm going to let Rob talk a little bit, but you can't make it better than this (coughs) because there was a a style to this Christmas album, which was instrumentals. And you get to hear, what I like about it, is you get to hear Richard Carpenter's instrumentals of songs you normally wouldn't hear, like uh, the Nutcracker Suite on on a record. You know what I mean, Rob? Like you get to hear the... uh, uh like the carol of the bells da-da-da-da. like you don't you hear that song but you never really get to have it on a record and you get that and then you get that little interlude and then you got you got karen singing a song right after that and it's just oh my god like singing from heaven
1: basically yeah i mean uh, this uh, reminded me of uh the old christmases uh, when i was a kid This is stuff like this would be playing in the background, and uh, during the instrumental parts, you know, when people would be talking, and then uh, during the silences, is like uh, that's when Karen would be singing. And uh... yeah,
0: (laughs) yes, it'd almost be like uh, like a special, like a Christmas special.
1: I yeah, I thought if I were a blind person, I were listening to this, I would uh, swear it's like a TV show or something. It it just uh, it feels like there are things going on during the music. The arranging is absolutely incredible. It kind of there's a blend here. When the, those last two medleys came on, I kind of found it hard to differentiate them between uh, uh, as being medleys from the uh, the individual songs because it all just kind of uh, floats together. And, uh, now, I
0: like uh, to get to that point now. I think some people may know that Richard Carpenter was actually a big Frank Zappa fan. Really? Yeah. Oh, you never knew that? Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, actually, th- they met once, and and. I think it was an award show, and he and he was a big fan, and I can actually understand that because Richard Carpenter is a like he's yeah. a musical genius in his own way, in in his field, and he loves arranging and he loves putting things together. Now I know that he probably doesn't think much of Frank's lyrics, but he likes the arranging part. He likes the he likes that inventiveness of Frank's. Of Frank's arranging of the music. Now, what I'm getting at is I'm just explaining why you would think, what does Richard Carpenter have in common with Frank Zappa? And it's the intricate arrangements uh, and everything that a very intricate guy like Richard Carpenter would like. And you can, this is going to sound strange, but you can actually hear a Frank Zappa influence, not necessarily in the music, but how all of the songs are connected, there's no... Yep. It's like, of course, Frank's whole thing was conceptual continuity, which means when you put a record on, there was always something there for the 40 or 50 minutes that you were listening there to was the a record. Common theme. Now, that is what makes this record excellent. Is that there, to me, there's a lot of there's a lot of listening to Frank Zappa's way of making a record of... of Continuous, even when Karen's not singing. Okay, well let's let's put in an instrumental here, uh, a Christmas instrumental, and uh, not let's only put play. it in, but have them sing together as yeah, like, one, like let's put one in one uh, sixty-minute Christmas song in a way,
1: like sixteen bars from this song, just as a kind of bringing it in. Excuse me, I'm going to blow my nose now. It's very cold. This in is the a Winchester. Christmas blowing nose. It is a very cold in the Winchester studio today. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Now, normally, (laughs) people would edit that out out on normal shows, but that's such a hassle. That is one of the joyous sounds of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have these great, oh, these just, like this is not.
1: I would describe the the lyrics, uh, the singing, the strings, the bells the the words like uplifting uh, come to mind and uh, uh, soaring and uh, exactly there's no
0: negative energy on this album whatsoever it's all going upwards you know <laughs> it is it's all going that was a very good comment and you know what this is an album and it's hard to say with christmas albums it's really, this is almost impossible to say but anybody would like this album your parents would like it, your grandparents would like it, your kids would like it, because there's just something about this album that has no.
1: This perfectly defines that happy Christmas feeling when the whole family. Yes,
0: together. I mean, if you were. If you or were that a should person... be there who was like, uh, I don't know, an anarchist, you wouldn't like the album because no. you're an anarchist. <laughs> I mean,
1: me, for example, I like the album. I uh, listened to it three times, but after the third listen, I had to put on Alice Cooper's uh, Special Forces <laughs> for balance. <laughs> yes. Not to get it out of my head, for balance. <laughs> well, that's you, and I understand <laughs> that. Yes, this is the exact opposite of what I like musically. And yet
0: you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> yeah.
1: This was one I was looking forward to It's actually,
0: to, to be honest with you, for a Christmas album, it's it's actually pretty stunning. Yep. It, it really is. And the thing that makes it stunning is not only the impeccable arrangements of the instrumentals between the songs, but of course, above and beyond anything else is Karen Carpenter's voice, mm-hmm. which is such a gift from God and is so, it just gets me every song. I don't care if she's singing the phone book. Yep. I really don't. It just gets you. I mean, it gets you. You're out in the back parking
1: lot, drunk, fighting another guy with sticks. Someone puts on a Carpenter song and she starts singing,
0: you stop. (laughs) You do. You you know what? That is such a... I would. I seriously would. If I was in the middle of a rage and was in a fight with this guy and Karen Mm -hmm. Carpenter started singing, uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, I'll say, hey, man... (laughs) listen to this (laughs) let's take a time out (laughs) listen maybe let's let's pick
1: this up after the holidays
0: (laughs) i actually heard this album i listened to uh it was quite a while ago uh seven eight years ago i had uh listened to all the carpenters albums uh which i do for certain artists sometimes and uh because I had them on my computer. And uh when we got near the end, which was Christmas Portrait, uh I was thinking oh, you know, Christmas album and The Carpenters. Because I, I really I was really surprised at how really good the Carpenters were when I was listening to all of their albums, their whole catalog. But it stunned me how good Christmas Portrait I was expecting to listen to it and go, Oh, this is a good album for, you know, a, a kind of an M O R artist. But this was uh, this is about as perfect a Christmas album as you can as you can imagine. I, I have my I have my uh, favorite Christmas albums, which is uh, the two Elvis albums. Elvis's Christmas album '57, which is stunning. If you haven't heard, uh, "Santa Claus is Back in Town," it's the raunchiest, bluesiest, greasiest Christmas <laughs> song you're ever going to come on. The mm. rockinest. It's just, it's just like, how do they even allow that on the record? Uh, and then his '71 Christmas album, there's another Christmas album, oh, really good, also pretty rockin' album uh, from Elvis. Uh, Phil Spector's Christmas album, "A Christmas Gift for You," is oh yeah, I can brilliant. see
1: how his production would fit with Christmas. Yes, definitely.
0: Um, my fourth, I'm not. This is not in any order, but this is my five favorite albums. Number four is the Beach Boys album, the Beach Boys Christmas. Get the CD where it has it's called The Ultimate Christmas. It's got their 60s uh, one, you know, the one with Little St. Nick and all that. And then it's got an album that they didn't finish in the late 70s, which is actually pretty moody (laughs) and is really cool. And it has a Dennis Wilson song on there. And any album that has a Beach Boys album that has a Dennis Wilson song. But one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time is a song that almost nobody knows about and it never gets played because it's so moody and downbeat it's a Dennis Wilson song that he had written for this uh Christmas album that they were going to do in the late 70s that they shelved and put out another album instead oh it's 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 fantastic anyways get that and this would be right up there this is this is in my top five that Christmas portrait um I'm stunned by this album, and it's an album that uh, I listen to every Christmas. To be honest with you, Uh, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's an album that I have no problems with putting on and saying I'm going to enjoy this. (laughs) This, you know, I'm going to like this this Christmas. You know, so uh, my my uh, we're going to talk about, of course, in the new year we're going to talk about the Carpenters on their own making their own album, non-seasonal album. But I give this album four and a half. I don't think, uh, uh, you know, maybe the length is the reason I don't give it a five stars because uh, it's it's a very long album and maybe maybe five minutes too long. But uh, uh, this is an album for everybody. I have a, I can't find any
1: faults with this album. This is the perfect Christmas album. Now I should listen to more Christmas
0: albums. So I can have a frame <laughs> of reference. <clears throat> Like an Alice Cooper Christmas album? <laughs> <laughs>
1: if such a thing exists.
0: <laughs> well, Alice is a pretty good Christian, so uh, it wouldn't actually be uh, out of this world for him to do. I
1: can't find a reason not to give it five stars. Well, I can't do it.
0: Coming from Rob, that's like seven yeah. stars. <laughs> and, and
1: a Christmas album yet.
0: Well, that's what I mean. And in this genre of course, of music. Not not the Christmas genre, but the M.O.R. style of Carpenters. Plus, it's a Christmas album. Uh, yeah. You don't know how huge Five Stars is from <laughs> Rob. Um, but it doesn't surprise me, because you know what? I can almost predict, and I'm only wrong, I've been wrong once or twice, I can almost predict when we're doing an album that week what Rob's going to think within, a quarter, a, within a quarter of a star within a quarter of a star within a quarter of a star I thought he was going to give it four and a half like I did I knew he was going to love it I knew he was going to I knew that it wouldn't change his mind about Christmas or anything but I knew that you can't not like this album so and I <laughs> and I know Rob's taste and I he didn't disappoint me except weird except the five stars threw me off but other than that I was. That's all you mentioned.
1: Okay, X A for maybe the length. I can't find anything. It's perfect from start to finish.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I recommend it for everybody. And you know what? This has been a very feel good show to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just as 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 we end here, this this coming year, we won't be on until uh, January eighth or 9th. I can't remember what exact day we'll be back. But, you know, uh, we need to take a break. We need to refuel. We need to spend time with our families, don't we, Rob? I think so.
1: We'll get it over with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a scourge. He's such a terrible person around his family. There you go. Another as,
1: 364 days of relative freedom.
0: <laughs> you got almost. His sisters almost have to drag him to Christmas dinner. Um. I forgot, uh, we'll have, we've got some new shows, we got new segments coming up this year. Oh, we got Bora Bora coming back to do some reviews from, from our French correspondent from Paris. Excellent. And uh, so tune in for a whole bunch of stuff for the next coming year. Uh, we ran a little long, so we apologize to Foster Brooks. Uh, we promised to have him on for next year's Christmas show. Oh, we still got another minute and a half. No, well, Foster's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. And what's he gonna do when I'm in a minute uh, <laughs> Fall and knock something down.
0: I feel bad about it, but uh, hopefully he'll get over it. So, from myself and Rob and producer Uptown Mike and Shuggy and Jill, <laughs> you know, wish, we wish you a Merry Christmas and uh, best of the new year.
1: I'll say Merry Christmas, and I won't be creepy. Merry Christmas.
0: Just lighter on.